Hi everyone, and welcome to the Healthier You podcast, where we talk to healthcare professionals about all things health and wellness. I'm your host, Andrew Button, and today our special guest is Alice Hislop from All Sports Indrapilly. Alice completed a double degree in physiotherapy and exercise science. Alice is also a dual accredited physiotherapist and exercise physiologist with over 10 years of experience in a busy private practice clinic. The multidisciplinary environment in which Alice works in has provided her with significant experience in all musculoskeletal conditions across the lifespan with the last five years seeing a specific focus on knee and hip osteoarthritis. Alice has a specific interest in musculoskeletal conditions and exercise prescription in ageing adults. Her dual qualifications allow her to combine the effects of hands-on treatment and exercise to give her patients optimal injury outcomes. She has developed multiple exercise programs aimed at providing accessible, affordable and effective exercise interventions for musculoskeletal conditions and chronic disease. Specifically, she is the creator of the all-active, age-specific exercise classes, as well as the balance and falls prevention classes. Alice plays a key role to successful implementation of the Onero osteoporosis classes and the GLAD education and exercise classes for knee and hip osteoarthritis within the All Sports Physiotherapy Indrapilly Clinic. Welcome, Alice. Thanks, Andrew. Great to have you today. Thanks. So I'm pretty excited to get in and, and speak about uh, osteoarthritis because it is a common thing that we do see within the clinics and it sounds like uh, you know your fair share of things about osteoarthritis. Yeah, it's a topic that I'm really, I guess, passionate about because I think it's something we can do a lot to help everyday Australians out with it and there's a lot of Australians out there that have it. Okay. And so would you mind going into what actually is osteoarthritis? So it's actually a really common misconception that osteoarthritis is all about the cartilage, but it's actually a disease that affects the whole joint. So if we look at the anatomy, cartilage lines our whole joint and its job is to help our joints move smoothly, act as a shock absorber and help distribute load. Naturally in our bodies, we have degeneration of cartilage that's matched with regeneration of cartilage. But in osteoarthritis, the degeneration of cartilage outweighs the regeneration of cartilage. So therefore we get less cartilage in our joints. So interestingly, cartilage is actually what we call aneural, which means it doesn't have any nerves. So the pain we feel when we have knee osteoarthritis or hip osteoarthritis isn't actually coming from that cartilage that's worn away, but it's actually coming from the other structures around the knee joint that's loaded because there's less cartilage there. So that'll be our bone, our joint capsule, our muscles or our ligaments. Okay, wow. So if you have someone who has a, a scan, like an x-ray of their hip or knee, and they're told that they have uh, worn away at all the cartilage, can that be the cause of their pain? Or like you said, is there other things that could be causing that pain? Yeah, so it's actually more likely to be the joints and the muscles around it. So when we hear the phrases worn away all the cartilage, the cartilage actually covers the whole entire joint. So it's really, really unlikely that all of the cartilage is gone. It's probably actually more a pinpoint area of cartilage that's worn away. So like I'll get into in the next episode and later on, we can actually change our muscles through exercise to help distribute this load and change your symptoms so that we take the pressure off the cartilage that is affected. Okay, cool. And then so how do you diagnose osteoarthritis? So when we diagnose osteoarthritis and you come to a physio, we'll use what we call a clinical diagnosis of osteoarthritis. So we'll do a subjective and objective um, examination and we'll look at your risk factors, your pain and your symptoms, as well as clinically examining your, your joint as well. 
We use this method because it helps us, I guess, create our management plan for this joint. Sometimes we often see people turn up with an x-ray or an investigation. And while it can give us useful confirmatory information to say that we've got osteoarthritis in that joint, we're quite careful with how we use that information. And the reason behind this is that we know that our symptoms don't correlate to what's radiographically on an x-ray or an MRI, okay? So someone can have really significant osteoarthritis on an x-ray and have very little symptoms at all, okay, and vice versa. The other issue with that is, is that we know symptoms of osteoarthritis can show up well before that they come on an x-ray. So people can have symptomatic osteoarthritis without anything coming on the x-ray. Okay. All right. And so what are the most common areas that uh, you see having osteoarthritis? Because you said knee and hips before. Yeah. So I guess that's the two most common areas we see. So the three most common areas we tend to see is the hip, the knee, and also hand osteoarthritis. I guess in the clinic personally, I see hip and knee a lot because it functionally affects people's ability to walk, to go upstairs, to go downstairs. So it affects their what we would call your activities of daily living. So it affects the things you do day to day, but then it also affects people's hobbies like walking or tennis or playing with the grandkids. And that's when we see people turn up in our clinic because they want to be able to do those things. Okay. And why, why is it typically the knee, the hip or the hand? Um, so... Part of it is the hip and the knee is what we have the most load go through. So um, a lot to do with osteoarthritis is about the load that's going through the joint as well. So um, that tends to be where we feel our symptoms and we see our symptoms the most. Okay. All right. So that's the most common thing that you'll see in clinic. Yeah. 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 And um, what are some of the common myths around osteoarthritis that you might hear in clinic from patients? Yeah, this is one of my favourite things to talk about because osteoarthritis is a disease that can be really well managed and self-management is a really big part of it. So I kind of like to get into the nitty gritty and help patients actually understand what is true, what's not true and what we can help with. So the first one is probably that age causes osteoarthritis and that's actually just not true. Um, What we do see, though, is osteoarthritis is a progressive disease. So once someone has osteoarthritis, it will progress with time. So as we get older, it generally progresses and can get worse. But age itself does not cause it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it just gets a little bit worse over time. But is there an age that you'll typically see it more in? I guess it's definitely considered over that age of 65 is something we see it more, but probably even from the age of 50. So it's probably, it's considered the most common lifestyle disease over the age of 65. So that's when we tend to see it. But that's due to the risk factors um, increasing as we get older, as opposed to age actually being the factor that causes it. Okay, cool. Um, is there, did you have any other yeah. myths uh, around OA? Yeah, I've got a few. So the second big one in which I'm quite passionate being a physio and exercise physiologist is that exercise will increase your osteoarthritis. So I think this comes from the common term that osteoarthritis is cartilage wear and tear. So so from that, quite understandably, patients think that, oh, well, osteoarthritis is my cartilage being worn out, then increasing will only make that worse. But what we actually know from our research and from our evidence is that moderate level exercise will not progress our osteoarthritis. And in fact, inactivity is a greater risk factor than high intensity exercise for osteoarthritis. So what we mean by that is being inactive and not moving and not exercising is actually worse for someone with osteoarthritis than exercising. 
exercise is actually a really big part of our conservative treatment for knee and hip osteoarthritis because we know it can decrease people's pain and increase their function. Okay. And so is that a case that you would, if you had osteoarthritis and you had pain associated with it, would you then push through the exercise uh, even if it is a bit painful? Yeah. Look, I mean, pain is an interesting topic because definitely with osteoarthritis, we consider some pain to be okay but it's going to be really different depending on the individual. Okay. So I have a general rule. And if you want more specific information on this, always talk to a treating practitioner. But I probably say anywhere from a zero to a two out of 10 pain is okay to continue through with an osteoarthritis. And we know that that's because pain isn't correlated and isn't a sign of structural damage. So we're not doing more damage to our knee. And what we look at with that two out of 10 pain is how long it lasts for and what does it stop you doing the next day. So if it goes away within that 24 hours, it doesn't really stop you. Then we say, yeah, that's completely fine. Keep going. And, you know, from another side of things, it's actually really important that we keep active, but you are able to do the things you like to do as well. When pain kind of hits from a three to a five out of 10, that's when we don't automatically stop, but we probably look at it and analyze it for that individual and Mm -hmm. what's normal for that individual. Or do we just need to modify what we're doing? Do we need to look at technique? Or actually for that individual, is a four out of 10 pain in their knee completely fine and it's going to go away as soon as they stop the exercise? Okay. So kind of case by case, yeah. Case by case individual, but it's definitely a pathology. It's definitely a condition where some pain is okay, okay. and that pain is not causing our knee or hip damage. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, and I guess were there any other uh, myths that you commonly hear or speak with patients about that you wanted to debunk today? Yeah, so the third one I wanted to chat about is the fact that people come in saying, I've got bone on bone. So I think this saying comes from when we're looking at a patient scan. And I think what's the first thing that's really important to remember when we're talking about that is that if we know that the imaging findings, so the finding on someone's scan is not correlated to people's pain or function well at all. So if even though on a scan it might look like that and there might be small areas of bone on bone, that doesn't mean that you're going to have high levels of pain. That doesn't mean you're going to be really functionally affected. The second thing is that cartilage covers our whole joint. So if those words bone on bone are used, it might mean that on the scan or on the image, there's a really small pinpoint area where there's not a lot of cartilage left. Um, However, that doesn't mean the rest of the cartilage that covers the knee joint or the hip joint isn't in good condition. And as I'll explain later, we can use exercise um, by strengthening our muscles and getting better coordination of the muscles that will allow us to distribute the load more evenly over the cartilage. So therefore we can maximize our cartilage that is nice and healthy. Okay, cool. That's very interesting. Um, I've got one more. Um, That's just the fact that I have a lot of people come in and say, I need an arthroscope and I need a cleanup. So Currently, our worldwide guidelines do not recommend arthroscopic surgery for knee osteoarthritis. And that's because we know that there's actually no difference compared to placebo and that patients who had surgery actually came out worse than conservative management. 
And the last thing is that while the side effects of surgery are rare, they do happen and they do include deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, infection, and sometimes death. So that's definitely something we're seeing supported really well and really consistently. And that's arthroscopes are not recommended because they're not effective. Okay. And those things that you just listed off are pretty risky factors associated with having surgery. Yeah, definitely. And for something that we know isn't effective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now, um, what would be some of the risk factors that you talked about earlier that could lead to the development of osteoarthritis? Yeah. So when we look at risk factors, I think it's really important to consider risk factors we can change and risk factors we can't change. So first of all, we look at modifiable risk factors. And the first one of those is joint injury. So we know that people who sustain a knee injury, 50% of those people will develop knee OA in 10 to 15 years. But what I challenge my patients to think about is, can you actually change that? Once you've injured your knee, you've injured your knee. What you can change is other risk factors, which I'll talk about in a minute, and that's through exercising. So that's by keeping the knee strong and keeping the knee active. The second risk factor is joint overload from work and sport. So I think it's actually really important with this to remember, though, this is really high intensity and significant um, loads and amounts of work and sport. We know that moderate level intensities of exercise and loading do not lead to an increase in osteoarthritis. The third one is obesity. So for every extra kilo, the joint is loaded three to five times our body weight. So by reducing our body weight, we can reduce the load on our knee and then also reduce our pain and increase our function. So the fourth and fifth one is physical inactivity and thigh muscle weakness. So these are two that I think are really changeable. So this is what we like people to focus on. So we know that physical inactivity makes cartilage, muscle and bone quality worse and that if we can increase our thigh muscle strength, we can actually enable the knee joint to be loaded more because the muscle can help with the shock absorption and taking the load. Also, by making our muscles strong, we can make sure that our knees are aligned well and we're not loading parts of the knee that we don't want to be loaded. Okay. So you're aiming for quads or thigh muscles like Arnie? Um, maybe not quite okay. um, and potentially more through a natural, <laughs> a natural way of increasing them. Um, and the last risk factors we talk about are non-modifiable. So it's important to know, but we cannot change these at all. So we don't tend to focus on them too much. And that's our gender and our um, our genetics. So there's a small genetic link, but again, I don't tend to focus on it with patients because we can't do anything about it. Um, and then same with our gender. We know that overall osteoarthritis is more common in women. Um, Earlier on, it's more common in men, and then it kind of changes to women as we get older. So, again, we can't do anything about it. Okay. And do, do they know why, Alice, um, women are a little bit more predisposed to it? or um, They're not set on it. Like, there's not a one specific reason. Um, knee osteoarthritis is more common, um, I guess, for men, for middle-aged men, and then as we get older it goes into women. So there's one thought that men tend to do more contact sport and um, I guess more heavy, like more load, their jobs are generally more physically active. So it could be that those are the people that we see have osteoarthritis earlier, but then by the time um, we get older and over 65, the women kind of catch up and they have more of it anyway. Right. Okay. Um, all right. 
And then in terms of some geeky physio fun facts uh, that you really like about OA, sorry, osteoarthritis, um, is there anything you could share? Yeah, so I think really interestingly, osteoarthritis is more common than high blood pressure and diabetes. So they're pretty two common lifestyle diseases that are really well known. Um, But osteoarthritis is actually more common. So the likelihood that it's going to affect someone you know or yourself in particular is quite high. And it's actually the most common lifestyle disease over the age of 65. It'll affect one in 10 women and one in 16 men. Wow. Okay. And is have you found um, in your your research, your evidencing that um, there's particular races or countries that are more predisposed to osteoarthritis? Um, not specifically. It probably comes back to those risk factors. Yep. So okay. um, populations that are going to have more joint injury or um, a higher joint overload from work or sport, we're more likely to see it. But then also in turn, obesity and physical inactivity are also risk factors. So you can kind of be at either end of the spectrum. Okay, cool. Thank you. So Alice, um, for our our listeners, was there any uh, take-home messages that you'd like to to give them today? Like a bit of a wrap-up? Yeah, there's probably three things that I think are really important I'd like to get through to my patients. Um, So the first is that x-rays are not always needed to diagnose osteoarthritis. As a physiotherapist, we'll use your um, clinical symptoms, your risk factors, and your physical assessment to come up with a diagnosis and then a treatment plan. The second is that exercise does not make osteoarthritis worse. And actually, it's really, really key in the conservative management of knee and hip osteoarthritis. And the third is that the risk factors that are are present for osteoarthritis that we can change are our obesity, our physical inactivity, and our thigh muscle weakness. And they're the three key points that conservative management and physiotherapists and exercise will help to address for knee and hip OA. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much for for coming on today, Alice, and uh, we really appreciate you providing all that great information about osteoarthritis. And uh, we look forward to having you on the next episode to discuss uh, how to basically manage osteoarthritis and some of the benefits of exercise around it. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew.